Hi, this is Dustin. Just a little reminder that this show is for adults. In fact, this episode in particular is a casual conversation amongst adults, so I wouldn't let the little ones listen in on this one. You never know what we might say. If you're from a country that prohibits explicit language, please listen at your discretion. Otherwise, I hope you sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I've been here for 45 minutes because I got bored and I didn't know what was going on and I was lonely. I'm just kidding. I just got here. Okay. I've been sitting here playing phase 10 on my phone. Like, don't you do that to me. Don't make me feel that bad. I was like, I better not be late. That's not what. You said, you said noon. You said noon Pacific Standard Time, but I read noon Eastern. So I've been here since 9 a.m. You need to get some reading lessons then. said stop playing the nintendo on the computer with the sega and i think you're just putting words together to try and make a combo and oh my goodness i don't want to check you because you're my mom but at the same time stop talking video games around my friends mom my god you're, you're making me oh no this generation <laughs> yeah no can you hear okay, me Abigail, can we, to play yes, so we can hear you yes I wonder oh, okay we're good okay I have no idea. That was weird. Um, no. So, okay. So early voting started in Texas and uh, I went to go vote this morning really early because mm-hmm. it started from seven. It was like from seven to seven today. Okay. So anyway, um, so I walk in and I'm like, you know, there's a couple of people like in front of me and there's like, you know, maybe like five voting booths or whatever. Um, they're all filled except for two. And there's somebody in front of me. Um, she goes, nothing happens. I walk up and uh, I like give her my stuff so she can look and see like, you know, my photo ID or whatever. And <laughs> as soon as, so then she looks at me and she goes, okay, I need you to pick one. And I was like, what? And she goes, at, she looks at this paper and she, it has, it has Democrat and Republican on it. And I was like, what do you need me to do? And she was like, I need you to pick which one. So in silence, I pick one, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then she leans back, looks out at everybody and goes, we have a blue. We have a blue. Oh, no. <laughs> that feels illegal. Right? I was in such shock. And then the lady literally sitting right next to her goes what and i was like how could you not have heard that like she screamed this at the top of her lungs she goes we have a blue you need to sign a blue in i think i was the first person who like registered as blue that like for that for today still that feels intimidating but still it was i was like i i wanted to crawl into a hole you guys oh my god i wanted to crawl into a hole and just be like oh because i'm i'm in texas i know i'm in the minority you know, yes. but at the same I time, it was like this whole, <laughs> but it was like, I was like, oh, I had so much anxiety. Oh my God. I can, I'm like still like vibrating from it. Oh, 
you need a hug. <laughs> I just I, hug. I, and and I, I you know being where I'm at in California, I'm just like yo, like isn't didn't they just make it illegal to give somebody waiting in line in Texas to vote? They made it illegal to give them water. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can't like feed people in the voting lines anymore. Like, what is this place? What are we doing here? Why? Because oh, they don't, no idea. They're, they're making it harder no for people in, in, you know, in certain districts to actually have access to voting. So they're going to have to stand in line a lot longer and they want them to be as uncomfortable as possible. They're just being, they're bullies. It's all about yeah. being a bully. It's about power trips and all that crap. Yeah. I hate it. Ooh. I wanted to crawl into a hole. Like there was a part of me that wanted to be like, oh my gosh, like, I'm so sorry. Like, I mean, it, it didn't work. Like I voted and like everything was fine, you know, like, so th- whatever their intimidation thing like did, like it didn't do anything. Like I continued to like vote or whatever, but mm-hmm. it was still like, did you have to announce it to the entire world? <laughs> Like, I'm some kind of weird unicorn. Like, we found a crazy person. We found a crazy person. You know, the the thing about politics is it is literally the closest thing white people have to gangbanging. Like, other than than the military. The military is definitely the world's biggest gang. But um, the fact that politics they're like yo are you this are you that and if you say if you're in a like you you're in a republican you're in a red state and you're like i'm blue yo homies we got one we got one right here what's that you claim who you vote for three years ago yo do you ride with uh oh, i don't remember what y'all's it's all status name and is. It's, whether it's or not you fit in or, yeah it's really dumb i hate it i hate this crap i hate it so much i you know i uh, I hate being in it. And you know what? I'm in one of the most, quote, liberal counties. We still vote red, but we're in the most liberal counties. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. I'm like, well, I don't understand. Like in the Dallas metro area. Yeah. So you're in one of the more liberal areas, I mean, except still you're in a red yeah. state. And, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it was just very And meanwhile, we here in California are looking at all y'all like... Y'all are in a y'all are the liberal part of Mississippi. Like that just that's there's a you know, every place you you know you have more conservative parts of California. We you do have it. And so. and and yet when you hear it, when you say it out loud, it sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't I, it? I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Yeah. I'm not arguing that at all. I'm not arguing that at all. Oh, oh goodness. Okay. So I want to welcome everybody to Dustin Checks In. And you guys have been hearing us talk for a moment, but uh, I want to introduce both Abigail of Manic Pixie Weirdo and Derek of Ratchet Book Club, of The Storytellers, of, oh my gosh, um, Return to Oswald, single simulcast, hindsight reviews, pretty much running the gambit of podcasts. And I know Abigail just started a new podcast, it looks like, um, what was the name of it? I just saw it. It's called Best Idea in the Room. Best Idea in the Room. Yep. Yeah, the commercial podcast, tell me something. Yes, I want to know what that's about. Yeah, Please, yeah, yeah, us. yeah. So I had, it was one of those things that I had again, an idea with my mom again. And so everybody does like movies or television or like, you know, something along those lines, but nobody reviews commercials. Mm-hmm. And commercials take up just as much time, just as much of our time. Like we're watching commercials just as long as we're watching a TV show. Mm hmm. 
And so like it's broken up into that amount of time. So I wanted to review commercials. And so I found my co-host, um, Bryant from uh, Fubs Media, and we're doing it together. He has a background in advertising and marketing, so he can kind of help like dissect the commercials and like really like tell us about what their kind of like subliminal messages are. But uh, and then there's just me, just like your average American, like your average person who consumes commercials, and like you get kind of get my take on it too. Um, so like oh my this God. first episode that we did about that. Yeah, so like the first episode that we did was the pilot, and it is about uh, our top three uh, super Super Bowl commercials. So, oh, that's a yeah, good one. Everybody, go check it out. Yeah, so, I'll totally check that out. I'm gonna throw this out there as, as a suggestion. Um, in yeah. around October, around you know Halloween time or whatever, do the scariest say no to drug commercials. Oh yeah, like the Rachel Ooh, Lee Cook yes, stuff or. Yeah. Where did you learn this? You all right? I learned it from watching you. Yeah, um, because those uh those don't do <laughs> drug commercials literally horrified me. So many of them because I would have yeah. like in the in the early 90s and late 80s, they were going all in on say no to drugs. So they would have people's faces melting off and turning into skulls and they'd be mm-hmm. like, "Do you want to look like me when you grow up?" and all of this wild shit that Little kids should never be seen while their parents are saying, you know what? We don't like violence or sex, but yeah, we're okay with this fe- this face melting guy turning into a snake and chasing a kid up the yeah. street because he's trying to sell him dope. So and see, I knew people who were like, that looks cool. What drug is that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I had those friends. Those are the friends I had. Um, well, we're definitely... <laughs> Like we're definitely gonna do drug commercials. We're gonna do like all the different kinds of drug commercials and like crap like that. That's gonna be so, awesome. Like mm-hmm. yeah, strap wait. in. I guys. can't wait for strap all the in. different theme things you're gonna do. You should do a whole one about which one is the best caveman commercial or which one's the best Geico or progressive flow commercial or something mm-hmm. like that. Yep. That'd be fun. Yeah. You could even do like audience polls on Twitter or whatnot and get, you know, everybody's input. That'd be really cool. I think that'd be nice, you know. And this is the part of the show where the streaming service I use to record remotely decided to F up and not work anymore. So Derek so generously helped me set up a Zoom call and we recorded from there. So you're going to hear a little bit of a sound difference, but we still continue the conversation. Here it is. I'm really... Oh, no, but it's called the best idea in the room because I've, have you ever watched a commercial and been like, really, who signed off? Mm-hmm. Like, who was no like, truth. yes, this is the commercial or sometimes it is the best idea in the room, you know, mm-hmm. like the Doritos commercial. Mostly so cologne commercials are the ones where I'm like, who thought of this? Because cologne commercials are the ones where it's like a sultry woman walks through a bunch of silk sheets flying with wind going through them and just waving back and forth towards a man standing in front of two torches in the darkness. The man has blonde hair. The woman, a brunette. They look at each other. The music builds. People come from nowhere. They run. They're running. They're running. They get into a car. They look at each other. Giorgio. And I'm like, is that a smell? <laughs> <laughs> Is it going to smell like a new car? Like, what are we doing here? Is it the sweat that they create by running? Like, 
Is oh, that yeah. what they smell like? Is that I what too, models smell like? <laughs> I too want to smell like a silk sheet. Oh my gosh, and wind and fire and yeah, <laughs> well, and a crowd you of know, people charging me. Well, because you know that happens to you every time you open that bottle of perfume. Like that's exactly what happens. Yes. <laughs> every time I, I, I open that bottle, I'm instantly whisked away to the to the Alps and I yeah. am skiing and sk that's York peppermint patty. That's I'm what sorry. I was about to say. I was like, um, wait a minute. <laughs> now I would like to smell like a more, I mean, that smells great. Who wasn't like, who doesn't like like the cotton candy smell or pepper? You know what I mean? Like mm. it just smells good. You don't like cotton candy? No, it's too sweet. Can't do it. I'm you know, I like, can't oh. eat it. I love the smell of it, but knowing that it is nothing more than freshly spun sugar fucks with me in a way that I can't I explain. But at the no. same time, I used to literally eat powdered Kool-Aid with sugar in it. So I, the the 90s were a weird Fun time, Ab Fun Abigail. Dip. It was a freaking like chalky stick. They had to yeah, lick I know and stick what Fun sugar. Dip is. No, this, we were, we're not, I'm not talking about Fun Dip. I'm talking about literally red Kool-Aid in a bag with sugar. You shake it up and oh, you, yeah. you're, this, the, I guess this is the broke dip. You would That's use your saying. finger. Like that version of it, yeah. <laughs> and we walked around like we had little bags of cocaine. Like, hold on, I need to do something real quick. Dip, dip. <laughs> well, that's essentially what, like, pixie sticks are yes. for kids. They're little lines. You just, you just, I mean, I'm surprised people didn't try to snort it. Like, I'm oh they did. did. I'm sure somebody did. Oh, I was somebody. about to say, I know somebody. Because, because when <laughs> I was a kid, they had the, the candy cigarettes, and they were just herding us down a line into, yes, this is okay for you, obviously. So I'm certain somebody sniffed that pixie stick because they saw mom and dad do it. I actually miss the candy cigarettes so much. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember when I was a kid, I was like, I'm smoking because my parent, both my parents smoked and I'm like, I smoke. And then it wasn't that it looked cool. It looked, that's the thing. Everybody's like, it looks cool. That's why you start. I'm like, no, it looks relaxing. Mm -hmm. And even as a kid, I was, I guess, always tense or anxious or something. Cause I was just like, it looks just so relaxing. And yeah, it made it look cool. Cause you looked relaxed. You know, you're like, <sighs> you're breathing that out. And then fire comes out of your mouth and it's smoke. And you know, and it just looked so, wow, that just looks so nice, you know? And now I'm like, I'm so glad I quit because it it, it was not. <laughs> it was nice it, for my bank account. It wasn't nice for my lungs. Nothing. It only looks cool until you're standing outside on a cold day smoking and you can't tell where the smoke ends and your breath turning into fog begins and then you find yourself in a hospital because you've passed out because you keep blowing out what you think is smoke until suddenly you collapse also yeah being somebody who also quit smoking cigarettes like 18 years ago oh, wow. i'm glad i did because when i quit a pack of newports cost three dollars and 52 cents yeah. And now they cost $10 a pack. You could get a carton back in the day for $20. Mm -hmm. And I just, I blanch at the fact that cigarettes now cost 10 bucks. And I am horrified at the fact that uh, people are being taxed so much for something that they're addicted to. They, they don't have a choice until they make that choice to quit. So and to, that's hard as shit to do because it's one of the most addictive substances on earth. Exactly. So what I'm going to do to help them out is I'm going to go out and buy cartons of cigarettes and then I'm going to sell them wholesale to wait. That sounds like drug dealing. Never yeah, mind. You did it not. Is. It doesn't mean drug dealing. It is. You did not just hear me say that. <laughs> that's it from the record. Uh, snowfall part two. That should not be used against them. Oh, <laughs> oh my, my God. God. That show. Oh, that show. 
it like scarred me for life. It Snowfall, is... have you ever seen it, Dustin? No, I have not. It oh my so gosh, it's good. on FX. I think you can get it on like Hulu. Okay. Uh, it will scar you for life. Like, just be aware of the fact that like you're gonna have you're con- you're gonna come out with some trauma. See, okay. and, and the thing is, me being where I'm from, that's like history. That's that's our life, and I am seriously, seriously considering doing that show for the RTLP podcast network after we finish doing Orphan Black and The Wire and all that, we might go to Los Angeles and do Snowfall. Oh, I'll 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 be on there. I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll help you talk about it cuz it scarred it 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 had the same effect on me that Paid in Full. Have you ever seen that movie? Yep. It had the same effect on me that that movie paid and folded. I try to stay away from really intense things as much as possible, unless it's like comedically intense, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. or, or something over the top, like Kill Bill or even mm-hmm. Peacemaker. Like, I just watched that. And that was oh, kind of so intense, good. But it was over the top, but it was fun, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just like that kind of, I don't like things that are so real that they're intense. That's the reason why I'm like, I don't watch Oz. I've never watched Oz, but mm-hmm. that feels so like that dystopian type of feeling of everything is just not good where you're at. And mm-hmm. I just, I, I'm like, I know we're already headed in that direction. I don't want to look at that because it scares the shit out of me. <laughs> I feel you. And you know? and yeah. there's those, you know, you get that second, I, I get like my anxiety manifests itself sometimes in secondhand embarrassment where if mm-hmm. I see a show where somebody is going through something, I literally have to cover my eyes. Like I can't watch them be embarrassed of a, a show. I can't watch shows with kids in it, like in high school or something like mm-hmm. that. Because if there's a kid who was being embarrassed, or I feel or so strongly for them. There there was a, a, a movie called Welcome to the Dollhouse that I have tried and failed to watch like 12 times now. I saw it once way back in the day when it first came out on video, but I know what you're talking about. At the point where she was like, why don't you like me? And the girl was like, because you're ugly. I was like, this is not a, a movie for me, I feel so badly for this girl, and I don't know how to work my feelings right now. So, yeah, and it's weird because I can't watch that, but I just watched Jackass Forever and laughed until I cried. Yeah, but there's no, there's they're doing it to themselves. They know what's at stake. You know, it's not like true. I see. I just watched. I'm, 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 I'm kind of. I spread out shows. I'm old school. I like to spread it out, and I don't like to binge a lot. I will. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's something like Stranger Things, where it's you know everybody's gonna be talking about it if I don't freaking binge it. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm spreading out um, just beyond on Disney Plus, and I just got it's an R.L. Stein show. It's based off his comic book series. Okay. And um, it's kind of Twilight Zoney, a little Are You Afraid of the Dark? It's almost it's not like Goosebumps. It's a little lighter, or a little bit not lighter. It's just a little different. It's a little weirder. Okay. So there's some weird stories, and then there's some goofy stories. It's all kind of mi- intermixed. And there's this one that it's like the next to last episode of this first season. It's called Standing Up for Yourself. And it's about this small town and everything's great. Everything's nice. Everybody's got jobs. Everybody's, you know, pleasant to each other, except for this one kid that everybody is terrorized by. And the only reason they're terrorized by him is because his dad basically owns the town. Uh, like he owns the factory. He donated the funds to the school and all that stuff. So if you don't let him bully you, then the dad will like, this is what happens. Like one kid gets punched in the nose and the mom says, you need to expel him. And the fact that she, she says that, it gets back to the dad. He fires her. He gets her locks changed on her house, gets her evicted with the kid. Like, he does all these horrible things. And so this new kid comes into town, and and he's got, like, he's missing a leg. He's got a prosthetic leg, and his last name is Burger. And he's like, oh, this is just, you know, you know, great for a bully to make fun of. 
and you're like, oh my God, no. And he goes, you know, I want you to give me your lunch, kid. And he goes, no. And everybody goes, oh, you know, oh my God, I can't believe you said no to this kid. And he was like, you heard what I said. And he goes like, oh, I'm going to pound you, kid. He goes, that would be a mistake. And he goes, oh yeah. And then next thing you know, he gets hit. The new kid gets hit. And then it cuts to where the kid's at home playing a video game and he gets interrupted and at this big mansion he's in, the bully. And this other kid shows up who he just hit, the new kid shows up with his grandmother said did you did you do this to my grandson he was like you need to ask for his forgiveness and he goes what get out of here old lady he goes you need to ask for his forgiveness and he goes get out of here and she goes i'm not going to tell you again ask for his forgiveness and he goes whatever and she's like oh you're going to regret that and then she just does a spell and it changes him and it changes the way everybody feels about him and everything, the cards get turned, it's, the tables get turned. You, I think you would like that one. That's something I think you could handle. It's only a 30-minute show, so it's nothing like too intense. There's a Stephen King book um, called Nightmares right? and Dreamscapes. Mm. Um, and in Nightmares and Dreamscapes, there's a story. It's, it's, an, it's an anthology. Um, and one of the stories in it is called Popsy. And in Popsy a little boy gets kidnapped by a guy and um the guy is like driving off down the street and the kid is like i'm looking for my pop well at first the kid is looking around and he's like the guy's like what's going on and the kid's like i'm looking for my popsy and he and the guy's like oh cool well come on he's over here and he takes him out to his car and kidnaps him and the kid says this isn't where my popsy is my popsy's gonna find me and the guy's like, okay, kid, whatever. And the kid's like, no, really, Popsy can go really fast. He can fly. And the guy's like, yeah, okay, that's your six-year-old imagination that your grandfather can move that quickly, um, whatever. And he's like, we're going, and they're, they've driven like 30 miles now. And the kid is like, let me go. You're not taking me to find my Popsy. And he's like, no, I'm not. And, he was, and the kid starts shrieking. And he was like, now Popsy's really going to find me, and Popsy's not going to be very nice to you. And then the guy slaps the kid, and the kid scratches his fingers across the guy's face, making his face bleed. And then the roof of the car gets ripped off after a thud happens on top of the car. The roof of the car gets ripped off. It's Popsy. Turns out Popsy's Dracula. Ooh. And he literally flew after this guy and his grandson and takes his nail, his long thumbnail, and uses it to slice the guy's throat. And he's like, I was taking my grandson to get something to drink from McDonald's because he said he was thirsty. Why do people always have to mess with us out here? I don't like people messing with us. And he turns to his grandson. And he's like, are you still thirsty? And he's like, yes, and scared. And he was like, well, have some of him. And he leans down and starts drinking the blood coming out of the guy's throat. And that's the end of the episode. I love it. That's awesome. I love that. I'm like, I hate it when, and first of all, I hate when people don't believe little kids. Mm -hmm. Especially when you know, you know, like, if they're that insistent, then listen to them. Even, you know, humor them at least. Just kind of, you never know. You never know. <laughs> you never know, I think. Mm -hmm. That's just how I feel about that. Now, I know you have kids. Do you have any kids, Abigail? No. no. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no. <laughs> No. No, 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 no. that's like the most terrifying thing i can ever think of like no <laughs> me too they suck so much oh my gosh i Out have a terrorist running around no no i, I can barely handle from a kid's birthday party so i understand no. they no. take so much out of you and they don't even know that they're doing it 
it's like they're born. It's literally like kids are born into this power and they don't even know that they have it and they just wield it. And it's like, oh my God, I know I had food in my hands. How did it end up in your hands (laughs) when you've already eaten your food? (sighs) Luckily, my youngest is a teenager now and he's 14. So we have gotten to the point now where he stays in his own world and we you know we have a really good relationship but he stays in his own world and comes in here every so often and we Mm -hmm. go hang out and stuff like that but now i get to see the fruits of my labor as he traverses his way through high school but those those years where you have to get up at like three o'clock in the morning because i threw up in those years that you have to get up at like five o'clock in the morning because they woke up early and they don't know how to make their own breakfast and those years where you got to wake up at like two o'clock in the morning because they wet the bed so you got to wash somebody else's pissy sheets oh i'm so glad i'm over it no oh, that's don't. another reason why i'm glad i'm gay and i don't procreate and that's why i got snipped <laughs> There you go, right there. I do not miss it, and I don't envy you. Like, good luck. <laughs> oh, there's such a there's such a freedom in not having kids. That's the reason why grandparents are like, yes, grandkids. I don't have to I don't have to put up all the crap that the parents have to deal with, but I get all the the fun stuff. You know what I mean? That's the only good thing. It's like being a grandparent. It's like, oh man, I don't have uh, to deal with all the you know. The chill aunt is super fun. Though. Oh, that's true too. Mm-hmm. I just want to say the chill aunt. And the chill uncle, that's who we are. That's who, like, me and my husband are. I'm cool with that. I'm, I'm an good. uncle, but they don't really hang around me. I'm too I'm too weird for them. So <laughs> they don't like, I'm the eccentric uncle, I guess. I don't know. Because <laughs> I don't know what to say to kids. I didn't grow up around kids. I was always the youngest. I was, my brother was seven and a half, almost eight years older than me. And so everybody was his age. There wasn't kids my age in the neighborhood. I had to hang around my parents more. I was told mm. to not talk. You know, oh, when, yeah. when parents, I mean, because I would, blah, 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 I had stuff to say and I had no one to say it to. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so now it's been harder for me, you know, getting older. It's like when we were doing the storytellers episode, when, you know, Abigail and I were on your storytellers episode for Mouse mm-hmm. is Missing. Um, I was like there and we had all these strong personalities on that, that show that I didn't say as much because I was like, uh, when there's a lot of strong personalities in a room together, I just kind of go and just start soaking in like personalities and who's an ally who's good who can i say what to you know that kind of thing i just kind of Mm -hmm. i I retract a little bit just because i was kind of taught to be that way Mm -hmm. and so it's really hard for me in that sense that's why i love doing the podcast stuff because it it, it's helping me a little bit get a little bit Mm -hmm. more social and being able to talk to people and you know listen and give and take and whatnot so Mm -hmm. um with that said i was going to ask you guys um so valentine's was this month this is, you know, a little icebreaker, I guess. Not really icebreaker, but whatever. Um, <laughs> um, we've already broken that ice. Um, so Valentine's of this month, and I listened to Abigail's recent episode about engagements with the Let's Rap podcast. Um, and you mentioned that you were in a common law marriage. Mm-hmm. And I wondered, like, how long have you been together that it, it I mean, I know it's like, what, six or seven years usually to being Well, law? it's actually not based on time. It's not based, common law marriages are not, not in the state of Texas. They're not based on time, really? amount of time that you're with somebody. It's, a, it's basically, is there a paper trail? So like, I'm, we're on the same insurance. Mm-hmm. Um, we uh, file our taxes together. We have a joint bank account. These are all things 
that married people do. So we're technically acting like we're married. We share bills. We do all of those things, but it's not based on time. It's based on, is there a paper trail? Can you prove in a court of law that, yeah, you were in fact together for X number of for X number of years? Cause you can live to, you can live with somebody like a roommate for X number of years, but the difference they're saying the difference between a roommate and like a marriage, a common law marriage is that we share everything. Okay, so like a roommate, you would obviously you, you'd have to have the same name on the rent. That's different. But it would be like if I would it be like if our names were also on those bills together or like yes. or would it have to be and you're one like, person gets one bill, one person gets another bill type of thing. No, it's usually like we file like it's for big stuff. So it's like um like did you file your taxes together? Oh. We did. We are on like we're my husband has the insurance through his job. So we're both on his insurance. Um, we have like we sh- we do share the bills. We have a joint bank account. So bills come out of that. And okay. our both of our names are on it. So like if we ever were to buy a house, then both of our names would be on the, uh, the deed. OK, so it's huh. like that kind of stuff. But it's not based on time. I thought it was based on time, too. But I went and I looked to make sure that, like, we had all of our ducks in a row. If we were well, now I'm it. wondering here in Mississippi what that would be like, because I know you can check and see if your state has a common has I common should. law. I mean, you know, I, I take care of my mom. I live with her. So I don't think we'd be married. But <laughs> oh my God, no, um, <laughs> that's a whole other episode. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I kind of went, hmm, I know for a long time, I know that a friend of mine or a, a coworker of mine, like years ago, she was common law married and she, because they had lived together for like six or seven years. And that's what she said. So it might still be that way now. It could have changed. I don't know. But but that's interesting how that works in Texas. It's just like mm-hmm. if you're just connected in paperwork. That's kind of strange. I mean, it's not strange. I understand it. But at the same time, it's like, really? Come on now. Yeah, no, it's that easy. It's yeah. that easy. Same in California. Um, really? It, it's pretty much the same thing. And people, you really only find out about it when people are like, yeah, I want to divorce them or I want to split from them. Mm-hmm. Um and then they take like a cut of whatever yeah. you we made during the time y'all together. Yeah. Technically, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Technically, mm-hmm. oh, that would. Suck. And they're like, "Yo, you're a common law. You had a common law marriage, and yeah, like, like that's why my thing is, if you like it, then just go ahead and put a ring on it. Like, like that's yeah, what, that was well. what we did. That's what we decided. We've done this common law marriage thing for like three, two or three years now, and so that's, you know." That's what he decided. He was like, I just want to get you a ring. Like, yeah. I, it'll make me feel better. Like, I just want, like, let's just do make it. it official. Yeah. Yeah. Officially we ain't getting no younger. We might as yeah. well do it. And and it's, it's one of those things where once you've been together long enough, all the protections that you had of being single are out the window. Uh, so the only thing that you're doing at this point in time is trying to hold on to a the idea of being a bachelor while being in a relationship with somebody mm-hmm. for like 10 years. Oh no, that's not my wife. That's my ball and chain and I all that kind that. of yeah. motherfucker. Just get married. Just stop I fucking around and get married. They give those, those little nicknames to people just kind of, it kind of removes you from the mm-hmm. situation with you. Yeah. You're actually you in. Yeah. I mm-hmm. hate yeah. that crap. And, you know, and oh, speaking of nicknames, do any of y'all have nicknames? I know you mm-hmm. go by Rashani sometimes. Is that a nickname or is that a self-given name? Middle name. Um, oh, okay. I have a million nicknames, though. So, <laughs> Abigail, you should go first. Yeah, Abigail. yeah. My uh, mine's just Abs. 
um, people call me Abby sometimes. It annoys me because I grew up in a family where like that was not my name. My name was Abigail, but, uh, but like abs. Uh, other okay. than that, no. Super boring. What yeah. about you, Derek? Yeah, no. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> oh my God. So, shout out to my boy, Anthony, who has a podcast called Forget That Yo. Uh, if y'all get a chance, y'all need to listen to him because he has like a million different nicknames for himself. And so, I had to keep up. So, um, my middle name is Rashani. That's where that one came from, first of all, because there were like five Derricks in one of my classes when I was in like fourth grade and I was like fuck that shit so instead after being Derek J for like years I decided to just start going by my middle name when I did podcasting just to be safe okay um because one was unique and one was Derek so um but it's the nickname. can I ask a question really quick yes ma'am what does it mean Rashani yeah what does it mean you know I'm pretty sure my parents lied to me they said African King I have no clue Oh. Well, that's so cool, though. Even hey. if it is a lie, I like it. Yeah, we'll, we'll like like they said in Oz. Then we'll are in in the wire. Then if it's a lie, we'll fight on that lie. So <laughs> it means African king. I have no clue. I looked it up a long time ago because I gave it to my son. Like that's the that's the name that we passed down. Uh, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping he'll pass down the middle name as well, and it'll keep going. Um, but. Um, yeah, no. So, Derek, a.k.a. Rashani, a.k.a. The Panty Snatcher, a.k.a. Dick him Down for Roaches, a.k.a. Consistently Good Lover, a.k.a. The One You Don't Want to Be Around, a.k.a. I Didn't See Him Do It, But I Know He Did, a.k.a. That Kid, a.k.a. The One, a.k.a. Neo, a.k.a. Coach. I'm starting to believe there's your more. name, your nickname is AKA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's more. Um, but they get pretty crass and pretty graphic pretty quickly. So, um, yeah. My, okay, so obviously everybody shortens me to D. And they used to do that. And I'm sure they yeah. probably do that to you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which I just found out when I was listening to the One Mike History podcast. I was listening to their Jim Crow Laws episode. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about how the you know shitty white people back in the day were like, you will call me Mr. So-and-so. And I'm going to call you by your first name. And that's yep. just how it was. And so a lot of black people started shortening their names to like just their first letters. And I guess it's to be a little bit more formal, you know, like in a way to mm-hmm. make, have, let them have that formality. And I was like, wow, I was like, is that something that got appropriated by accident that I didn't realize? You know what I mean? Like when people started calling me D and I was like, is that it kind of made me. Hmm. Well, I mean, if you're being that you're in Mississippi, Probably, because I'm sure that that's something that continued to be a thing in certain areas of Mississippi up until probably like the mid 90s. Yeah, five years ago, like three years ago. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Or might still be going on. So, yeah, I remember that my grandparents, uh, their next door neighbor, they had a kid. And and so I hung out with said kid because that's what you do when you, you know, you're you're at your grandparents' house. And I remember the, the kid had a parent and the parent's name was Jim. And I called him Jim when I was like 10. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather lost his shit. And he was like, call him Mr. Jim. His name is Mr. Jim. And I was like, okay, Mr. Jim. And then this kid whose name was Chris, 
he called my grandfather Elias. Like he didn't even call him Mr. Jones. He just or Mr. Elias. He just called him by his first name, like it was nothing. And I was looking back and forth at them, like, so you want me to call his dad Mr. But you're not gonna this, call him out, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you're older than his dad because you're my grandfather. You're not my father. You're my father's father. And this kid. You're not going to say nothing to him. You're just going to say something to me. And then I got a whooping later on that day because I told him my mind was my own. Um, and that was the end of that. He shortly after uh, passed away. So um, I didn't do it. But uh, he, he... Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. Dementia. He, he passed away okay. from dementia. But um, it, was just, it was just such an eye-opening experience because he's from Georgia. Um mm. So I was talking with my wife about generational curses and traumas and Abigail, we have to get together because I'm telling you, I got some shit, but we were talking about generational curses and trauma and she was telling me, oh yeah, you know, my family doesn't have a lot of them. And I was looking at her like, yes, they do. Like one of my things, I really do need to go to school and get my degree in psychology because I find it fascinating and it's things that you can see looking out but I don't have the time or the money to get the education to really branch my shit out. But I was like, so look, you say you don't have generational curses, right? But you don't like crust on your bread. And she was like, no, I don't. And I was like, why? And she was like, well, well, my mom, when I was a kid, my mom, if there was old bread, we would, you know, they were, they were in a, in, in a poor area. And so if the bread was old or it was hard or if it had mold on the end, she'd cut the crust off. And so my wife was told by her mom that the crust just tastes differently when the bread is older or that the crust tastes differently. So then she didn't know that, okay, she's taking this off because it's got mold on it. Mom was too embarrassed to say, you know, the bread is moldy. So my wife adopted that and now she doesn't eat bread with crust on it. And she never really thought about why until I asked her about it. And I was like, what about your grandmother? And she was like, yeah, my grandma did the same thing. And I was like, that's a very small idea of what generational curses are. You don't know why they began, but it's something that somebody before you impressed upon you as a child. And so you just took that on. So my grandfather trying to tell me that Mr. Jim shit, he picked the wrong one, but I was curious to know. Like, I, I always think, like, how many other people in our family still call old white people Mr. Whatever their first name is because my grandfather told them this as something that he experienced when he was a kid? What's funny is that I do the same thing, though. We did that here. In like me growing up, I would call any adult black or white. I would call them, you know, and a lot of times it was teachers. But you know, mm-hmm. but if they were friends mm-hmm. of my family or anything, which are I'm going to be honest, it was mostly white people were friends of my family because we're a mm-hmm. white family, and it's still the segregation thing going on. Um, but we, I would always call them like Mr. Mike or Miss Patsy or something like that, you know. And and I, that's what we did. I don't know if it was. I don't know if that was just a white person thing in general, like, or if it was, no, you know, no. or maybe I, think I just that, picked it up. It's, I think that it's something you picked up, um, and they they adopted it as a southern hospitality. Yeah, um, it, became, it changed. It changed from like a, a, a black oppression thing into just general yes. southern hospitality, and or at least it's a, a part of it did. I don't know, but that's just yeah. That's but if very you're gonna morph something like that. If you're going to try to keep it like to stick around and morph something like that, that's the way to do it. Yeah, make mm-hmm. everybody do it. You know? Turn it into something that's like relabeled as. And I don't mind it. It doesn't bother me. No, it's, 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 it's about, we, we called it paying respect. You respect your elders. Yeah, no, we did the same thing. Sir and ma'am and, 
and that's the thing a lot of people hate like especially women hate being called ma'am in mo in other places i'm like it's not it's not oppressive i'm not calling you old i'm just we would call a, a you know little ma'am you know I me mean, to a little girl like something like you know what i mean a little sir mm -hmm. kind of thing yeah. it's, it's more of a respect thing you know i guess you would call it that's what we said it was a respect there's a thing. camp here in texas that teaches that you can start going from the age of like eight um all the way through like your junior year of high school southern etiquette or just no it's a it's like a summer camp that you go and you have to address everybody as ma'am and sir and mr and mrs and if huh. you don't then you get what's known as like a demerit Oh no, that sounds much like boot camp for me. And that's the thing, <laughs> going when my grandfather told me this shit. Like honestly, you're like, yeah, that's how we grew up. You know, we do this, and and the teachers, yeah, that's great. I'm like, when my grandfather told me this shit, I was, we were in Washington State, and I'm like, we are so far away from where you were when you were forced to say this upon pain of death upon pain of beatings upon pain of all these things we're so far away from that so far removed from that area and you're trying to start it up again over here on the west coast fuck you bro like he's not doing it why do i have to do it and i don't think my grandfather wanted to think about it in that aspect because in his mind it is a sign of respect but when i bought my home here in california mm -hmm. the next door neighbor his uh his great his grandfather lives with him well he lives this the next door neighbor lives with his father and then the great grandfather or the grandfather also lives with him okay cool when we first moved here i was talking to the grandfather and we're just having a nice conversation out front you know just two homeowners having a conversation about chicharrones uh fried pork rinds um, and how great they taste in a burrito, because they really do. Um, and after I get done talking to him, this guy comes over to me and was like, yo, I'd appreciate it if you called my grandfather Mr. whatever his name was. I can't remember at this point in time they moved away. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm not going to fight it or anything. Like, sure, I understand. He's he's an elder. You know, I still have this in my mind. Like, okay, you know, I, I understand where you're coming from. This, this is the black guy biracial biracial guy and he's like i like for you to call him mr whatever okay cool no problem but then this guy his son and my son are the same age so they're like six at the time and his six-year-old son comes over to my house and he's calling me and my wife by our first names and that's when i was like you don't practice what you preach so fuck you and fuck your grandfather and fuck this stupid ass rule again I'm not doing it. And after that, if you call me, if you treat me with respect, I will treat you with respect. I don't feel like calling somebody Mr. or Mrs. is a sign of respect. I could be respectful to you and say, Abigail, how are you doing? And that's no different than me saying, Miss Abigail, how are you doing? Other than one sounding subservient in my mind. Yeah, and that's just like because that's just because the resistance that I've had built up against these things that I experienced as a child and as an adult have forced me to see it as if I call you this, I am giving you a level of respect that is above the level of respect you're giving me, even if you're being respectful to me. Because if I call you Mr. Dustin and you call me Derek, just like that, there are levels that people can see. I'm saying I'm vastly. over you kind of thing. Yeah, Exactly. Mm -hmm. So I, that's why nowadays here on the West Coast, you don't see a lot of kids calling their, uh, calling elders 
Mr. Like if they're if it's a coach, they'll say Coach Derek or they'll say Coach Brian because they're your coach and that's a literal title. That's a little different. Yeah. It's a title. But Mr. Johnson as a teacher, they won't say Mr. in the first name. They'll say the the Mr. and then the last name. But we're not going around saying Miss Mary. Miss Mary, uh, what's two plus two equal? I need help with this assignment. That's more like they don't... grade school if you're going to yeah. do that. You know? Yeah. That's, yeah. Like, that's like up until like third grade maybe. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes last names. It's, it's just that's different. But it's yeah. all about like treating others the way you want to be treated. And mm -hmm. not this whole, which I hated, you know, do as I say, not as I do. Oh, I've always God. hated yes. that. Like kids don't learn that way. They follow by example. They're literal mm -hmm. sponges. They're exactly. Little so sponges, if you're disrespectful to people and you're telling them not to be disrespectful, and that's not going to stick. It's not mm -hmm. going to work. And so that's the that was the first time that I learned that although my grandfather was an amazing man, he had hangups that he could not shake that would show up subconsciously in his communications with his younger progeny that would affect the way that they looked at things. And so I made it a, a, I made sure that I was always trying to be very much aware of any general generational curses that I may pass on. The only one that I could say I passed on with joy like joyfully, I pass this motherfucker on and I do it again. I do it 17,000 more times, motherfuckers. Liver and onions. My children have never had liver and onions in my house. I will never cook liver and onions. Oh, and chitlins. Those two things, I will never, they will never know how it tastes until they leave my house. If they fall in love with it, it'll be somewhere else because I refuse to let it in my house. That's the one that generational of, curse like, I will pass on. No, because it's fucking gross. Oh, okay. Just making sure. No, liver and onions taste like... I don't know. I don't know what happens. Oh, my... I'm like... So, so my mom loves liver and onions, and she's a motherfucker. Like, I love my mom so much, but what she did was uncalled for. She knew that we love steak, and my dad used to eat steak fajitas. So, what she did was she took liver, and she cut it up real nice, like, like steak strips. Mm -hmm. And she got out the tortillas and the guacamole and the salsa and the cheese and told us it was goddamn steak fajitas and it was liver and it was liver fajitas and there is nothing that can bring me back from that. Oh man, that's that's that. Then, then that's you know what? So that makes cheating. you lose trust. <laughs> for real, for real, broken trust. You're like, right? I, you're not cooking for me again. This woman. is why I have trust issues. <laughs> right. No. And so me and liver and onions do not hang out. Chitlins was a thing where we would drive like 50 miles to get these chitlins that my dad liked and then drive back home with this smell of shitty intestines all in the car. Nah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm I don't good. do turnip greens. I don't do, I don't, I just can't stand the smell. I can't stand the mm -hmm. taste. I just mm -hmm. don't. And, and the texture, it's all kind of slimy after you boil them and stuff. Mm -hmm. No, And same thing kind of for cabbage as well. I can eat that a little bit like because of traditional New Year's, and that's uh -huh. about it. But um, what what about you, Abigail? You have anything you can't eat? You just the. Uh, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I'm a pretty like I'm not very picky. I just don't like to have the same thing like in a row. Mm -hmm. Um, you like but variety. I can't. I yeah, I do, but I just can't. Like I can't do anything that has like like artificially fruit flavored so it can't have like it definitely can't be artificially banana flavored mm -hmm. or oh, so like, you don't like eat runts or anything like that no no banana yeah. narrow letters and no fruit roll-ups no Aww. 
That's sad yeah. for me. <laughs> you know what? It, it was sad for me too until I ate a fruit by the foot and realized about halfway through the foot, this don't taste like nothing. It <laughs> what, really doesn't. What am I eating? You know what? They yeah. all taste the same too. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. Like Skittles, they all have the same damn flavor. And then they mm-hmm. put it together where they have like the blue strip and the red strip side by side and you'd be able to tear it in designs uh-huh. and shit. And it all tastes like nothing. Yeah. Did anybody Such else have to have the bubble tape gum and like end up eating all of it with a bubble yes. wad in your mouth? How do you not? How I I yet to meet a person who didn't do that. How do you I not? Lose flavor as you went on, and you were like, okay, more bubble tape, and then you end up with all the big wad of bubble tape in your mouth, and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm like, I could have choked. <laughs> Before bubble tape, my dad played baseball. Big and so. Big League Chew was yes. it. And so while everybody else was stuffing tobacco in the corner of their mouth, we'd get these huge handfuls of Big League Chew and just shove it in the corner and just... And that is just as bad as candy cigarettes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. What were and we it was, kids? I don't know. We thought that we were the best because it, was, it wasn't even... Just okay, like for all y'all who have never seen Big League Chew, because I don't even know what they sell in the stores anymore. They do. You can get it in Cracker Barrel. Yeah, you can. The, and that's other specialty stores, too. Yeah. Yeah. They, it, they, they tore it. Like, I, I, had, I didn't make the connection until I got to college and, and had a roommate who literally used tobacco, like chewing tobacco. They tear the gum into strips, like little tiny, like little tiny strips. Little centimeters or millimeters. Yeah, just like the size of tobacco leaves. It is literally hand-to-hand. And the pack that they had was the same pack that they would use. Unless you had that little round of tobacco, they had those same pe- those same packs or the same packs that tobacco were in. It is so sinister. When I saw this as an adult when I was in college, I was literally stunned at how much that they looked just alike. It's it never dawned on me. Early. Right? You know? And you know what's really funny? My brother was a baseball player. He got drafted into the minor leagues at like in his early twenties, mm-hmm. and um, he like it was the minor leagues of the Oakland A's, but they weren't in. O- it was really they were affiliated. I guess maybe mm-hmm. it was the same. I don't know. Reno. And, um, but anyway, he uh, he, he would dip his stuff, and you know I would smoke, and he's like, "That's disgusting." While he's spitting this brown <laughs> shit out of his mouth, so that's oh, disgusting, Dustin. I'm like, "Do you just see yourself right?" And he still dips too from time to time. I'm like. I don't want to hear you ever tell me again how disgusting mm-hmm. I am because we watched, I know we were going back to this drug thing. Did you guys have in school, we ended up, they would bring in like a TV or something and they would show us these like, just say no videos, like 30 minutes, an hour long videos. And either it was like a skit or like a TV show with like silly characters telling you to just say no, or it was real footage of like people's tongues and their, their lips being burned out with holes from doing too much chewing tobacco. And like, um, shots of like Dear lungs God. that are all dark and black and i'm talking we were like in fourth third or fourth grade watching this stuff like nine ten years old and did you guys ever have that growing up no they would no. scare the shit out of us here did they do that to you abigail i don't know if i can answer that question because <laughs> i went to a private school a very oh. sheltered private school so it was not like that stuff wasn't it was a private Catholic school like that stuff was not anywhere 
nobody like that was not available that was not something that like any parent would have signed off on yeah like this it was, was like a public institution so. the, the <laughs> only thing that we had that was like that was red asphalt red oh like oh the, the drunk driving stuff yeah so before we got into oh. driver's ed we had to watch driving accidents like literal and i don't even think my parents signed off on it they just knew like oh it's red asphalt time isn't it because we come home we'd be like oh my god the thing oh it's red asphalt time isn't it but they'd show car accidents with like the body strewn all over the 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 road and the blood and the it's gnarly abigail you're looking at me like like you know what death type of stuff it face the death we also watched that don't Ugh. don't judge me these two things went hand in hand for us um if you're listening to this show first of all thank y'all so much leave a five-star yes, review you. on spotify it's really easy it takes like 13 seconds secondly go to youtube and type in red asphalt driving videos and prepared, sit the though. fuck it, back. Be prepared. You can hold your lunch. Like, don't yes. do it otherwise. <laughs> this is what we had to watch for driver's ed before we started driving. And then they also, they Did stopped Did they teach doing... you driver's ed in school? Mm-hmm. They taught okay. us. We had yeah, an actual elective for it. We didn't have it. that. No, we, we had too. to figure had that out on our own. And then after we, after we, they realized that red asphalt was a horrible fucking idea. They started doing the next step up, which... When did you graduate from high school, Abigail? 2011. Okay, so they may have done this for y'all, where they would pick, like, three or four kids out of the school and have them hide while they had the rest of the kids go into the, the gym for an assembly. And they, at our school, or at my kid's school, they played The Time of Your Life by Green Day while they showed what a car accident would look like. And then they wheeled these four kids into the, the, the gym like they were in a casket to make them see the dangers of drunk driving or dangerous driving. And and I know that this is the time of your life children. traumatizing them for like ever while their kid while the kids are laying in the casket trying not to smile because they feel like stars. Oh my and god! Yeah, we had to. You know what? I was actually in a um, Mississippi drunk driving video they were going to show throughout all the counties of Mississippi, and I wasn't one of the stars, but I ended up in the background of every shot because they weren't paying attention about who was in the background. <laughs> so I'm like with this like you know. A beer bottle filled with water going yeah in the background they would cut to the next room and i'm over here yeah or I'm like, and it was all these kids are like different things like one guy like passed out he got too drunk they did the funnel on him and he mm -hmm. had too much and he died from it somebody else got into a Jesus. car accident somebody else we made these videos we had it was our drama club that made it and it was the because we worked with the police department for like we also did like halloween safety skits we went around what? to the grade schools it's happening i know um and we actually went to um what do you call the morgue at the freaking hospital and they filmed scenes there oh, I've been to the morgue oh my and, god and they filmed scenes at a funeral home in town we did the whole thing there we were like oh our friend is dead and we're going to the grave site and it's like it was crazy but yeah but yeah we did we we worked at the police department we uh we every year they they put on skits for all the yeah. uh, grade schools around and did uh, trick-or-treating safety like don't wear all black you know check your candy don't oh, talk to strangers stuff yeah. like that yeah the one that we did past the the drunk driving the one that they did um when i was in 10th grade i believe might have been eighth grade fuck it let's say eighth grade it sounds better for the papers anyways <laughs> They sent 
a troop. <laughs> this is all I can say. A troop. T r o u p e. A troop into our um school, and we sat down in the gym for the assembly, and they talked about how you could get AIDS. And one person called in, like they had a whole skit, and one person called in, and I'll never forget this. Yeah, man, because him and his friends are all standing on the corner with crack pipes in their hands. This is a skit at a kid's school about AIDS awareness. What? And he calls in and he's like, yeah, me and my friends want to know if you can get AIDS from sharing the pipe. And they all say, the pipe? (laughs) And the woman's like, no, but you can get it from sharing needles. And he was like, we don't share needles. Did you just poke me? And the phone hung up. And it's stuff like that where I'm like, it's like, I see your vision. I understand what y'all are trying to do for these kids, but honestly, what the fuck are y'all doing to these kids? Like, you're selling so much. There's gotta be a better way. Exactly. And it's like, you don't have all the information, but you want to get the information out to the kids before they spread misinformation. But because you don't have all the information, you're literally starting folk tales of misinformation that these kids are going to spread throughout their neighborhoods because the way you did it was so fucking bizarre. Exactly. So now, this is still in my head, like... 20 well whatever years later this the pipe and it's like it's horrible so yeah yeah be very careful what you tell your kids because they will take it and make a tiktok video out of it and then spread it off i'm waiting for them to do a um a school um assembly like that for COVID. honestly Oh, it's mm. happening. It's going to happen. At least mm-hmm. it's going to happen once everything dies down. They'll be like, you remember when COVID happened? And it's going to be this mm-hmm. over-dramatized thing. I'm like, that never happened, guys. Why are you Why are you doing this? <laughs> remember but, when COVID happened and your little toe fell off? <gasps> yeah. I got, he got the COVID. Oh, mm-hmm. well, but how do we go from like, so we go from that to also the completely like useless version of those commercials and that propaganda of like duck and cover. Mm-hmm. You're not saving anyone. Like mm-hmm. that's that is a desperate, you know, grasp at straws if best to try Are you talking and about for like, earthquakes or for like tornadoes. I'm talking about for nuclear attacks. Uh, yeah, oh, that, that's what yeah. I was saying. Okay. <laughs> yeah, course, and cover but... like those. Yeah, they had those little commercials, and then everybody would get under their desk, and they'd be like, and then you'd be safe from the bomb. And it's like that's not how that works. But yeah, no. Like, how do we? Oh, there's got to be a better way. There has to, it's, but it's about giving people hope in some way and and calming them down, but also scaring them at the same time and making them paranoid. You the know, funny, it's the the funny thing about it is that this is another thing that we pass on from generation to generation because we as adults saw these things as kids and we were like, this is fucking absurd. We'll make fun of it with our with our friends, like this is fucking absurd. And then we became adults and the same shit is being perpetuated. Like we're in a a society now where you can literally go on your phone, which isn't connected to anything in your house and find anything you want to know in the entire world. And we're still believing the same bullshit. Because we weren't taught how to weed it out in the first Mm -hmm. place. You know, we weren't not by example, not by school, you know, and that's like, we and me and Derek, I know we were what late 90s, early 2000s. We graduated high school. I graduated mm-hmm. 99. 98. Okay, so we're like the I beta was testers born for the internet. In 93. Really. Okay, I love you, Abigail. 
You're just a little bit older than my eldest daughter. She was born in 97. Y'all can kick it. That's where my middle sister was born. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Here's the, here's the thing about it. I am of an idea that everybody Dustin and I's age should have a mentor who is Abigail's age or my son's age, who's 14, something like that, because they see the world in such a different light. Oh, yeah, it, totally. Kind of a transitional person. Mm-hmm. A transitional like, person. Well, you know, someone who can like, hey, by the way, I know you see things this way, but this is how we, you know, I get it. Yeah, yeah. it's kind mm -hmm. of a, a generational buddy, if you mm -hmm. will. Oh, and that's cool. Generational buddies. Oh, that sounds like a good sitcom, doesn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> original buddies um we should make that by the way and uh, that'd be fun i think or we can make a podcast about connecting people generational buddies um always always with the podcast ideas i can't help it uh, but yeah i get what you're saying we i need somebody to be like hey um what what's the good songs that are out right now what's the hip link mm -hmm. uh, hip i hear you hear i said hip mm -hmm. um <laughs> what's dope yo um <laughs> hello fellow children <laughs> because it, it's it's one of those things where not only past music and 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 tiktok and uh snapchat and whatnot we as podcasters sitting there like how do we get exposed and and i'm seeing a divide for some of us it's 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 technology wise like Folks are like, yo, I get on Snapchat and I knock out like three or four uh, advertisers for my show and I get on Instagram and I'm in an Instagram engagement group and I'm in a, a TikTok group circle and I'm like, oh, okay. I'm, I just thought I was doing big things by getting in a Twitter group that shared shows. So um, I'm going to take another four years to actually adopt the TikTok idea that y'all are talking about, putting movies on the tickety talk. And doing that, and by the time I start doing that, TikTok will probably be, you know, leaving Absolutely. out the window, and it'll be the next thing, and I'll still be a step behind. So, um, it's it's one of those things where, up. yeah, and it, it sucks having to swallow your pride and learning how to adapt. And you can either adapt or you can stay and get left behind. And I'd rather adapt. So, um, even if yeah, you don't even catch up, at least you're trying. That's exactly. So my son and my daughter, their big thing right now is Discord. Like, they are on Discord n n all of the time. And the other one's on Twitch all of the time. And so I am learning from them how to do these things. Because one thing I really like to do is one of my podcasts on Twitch. I think it'll be really fun. Um, I don't have the green screen. I don't have all that kind of stuff. But I think it'll be really fun. Y'all see the lights over my shoulders and looks like little ghosts. And I think it'll be really fun. But... I, it's just something where I have to realize that you can always get one of those green screen things that you hang on the back of the chair. It's like a big circle. Oh, okay. Oh, they yeah. have those and that you'll see the back of the chair, but then it won't look like anything behind that. You know, I okay. know a lot of people do that. See, did not know that. I look thought I had Amazon, to have a, I found it. Somebody told me I had to paint my wall and I was like, well, that's that. Cause my wife will not allow it. And hell, just get a curtain, get a green, you can go get some green <laughs> yeah. fabric. If anything, you know? Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, it's not that hard. Like, we don't have to make this complicated, guys. <laughs> Jesus. That's that's. We're going to turn to Abigail. She's going to be our mentor. <laughs> She's going to be our, our yeah. generation buddy. Human beings make everything so much more complicated than it actually has to be. Just get a curtain, man. Just go to, like, Joanne Fabrics, get you a nice green curtain, throw it up on, like, a shower curtain rod. Like, it's not that, like, you really don't have to get fancy with it. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I, I hear it and I receive it. And... 
I will give it a lot. I, I, I did, okay. That's really it. Okay. Abigail's got that knowledge, man, because she's she talks to everybody, it seems, on her show. Like about anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> about anything and everything. I'm like I'm like, wow, our relationship with with uh this, our relationship with that. What the hell? What what is the show about? <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It's about all the things. All the things, everything. I think it's awesome. And speaking of which, we're gonna go ahead and start wrapping this up. But I do want to talk about the things that you guys have coming up in your shows so we can kind of promote each other. And, and, and I want to get you guys to promote a little bit more about what you have coming up and what you're going to be focusing on in the next month, at least, you know, in March and uh, all that good stuff. So Abigail, if you want to take it first, that'd be great. Sure. So I'm the host of the Manda Pixie Weirdo podcast, where we talk about all the different kinds of relationships that you can have in your life. Um, and this week we're talking about purpose next week we're talking about purpose um and then coming into march we're going to be talking about writing and various and uncent- like humor in writing mm. various and uncentry um we're going to be talking to some authors and then april is going to be uh about like culture and poverty and just all these different things are coming up so just yeah that's that's what we have. That sounds great. I can't wait to hear about it. I'm, I'm really interested in the writing stuff, especially because I'm trying to get some stuff written, but it's kind of hard to move forward when you're, you know, writer's block and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, Derek, what about you? What about Ratchet Book Club, Storytellers, <laughs> anything like that? Give us so, um, honestly, I have no clue what I'm reading after I finish this next book that I'm doing right now. The cool thing about Ratchet Book Club is <clears throat> people catch on at their own speed. And they start reading at their own speed. So while I am on the 22nd book in the the series, you know, you might be just reading the very first book that I ever did. So it's cool that it's a continuing, it's a, it's a constantly evergreen uh, podcast. I don't know what I'll be doing in March uh, for Ratchet Book Club. I do know that for hindsight, <sighs> For hindsight, my co-host Brandon has decided that the entire next month should be dedicated to black exploitation films because I've never seen any before in my life. Oh, okay. Um, so we're doing you that. Should le- you should at least try Black Dynamite. Oh no, that's the only one I've seen. Is okay. Black Dynamite the, and, the and Original one, yeah. Gangster? Yeah, I love Black Dynamite. I get the feeling that the rest of these aren't going to measure up, but they're made to spoof. Black Dynamite was made to spoof these movies, so. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the RTO podcast, which started off as Return to Oswald, it was a podcast where we discussed uh, the TV show Oz episode by episode. Um, then after that, we did uh, Cocaine Cougars, which was the Playmaker podcast, um, ESPN's Playmakers. And now we are doing, um, we call it another one. It's the Orphan Black podcast. Okay. Um, and I'm really enjoying that. We're on season, we're on episode four of that. So chances are we'll be taking a while. We do two episodes a week of that. Um, and if we go through all five seasons, uh, we'll definitely be doing that through March at the very least. Um, I like for storytellers. That's, I like that show. I've watched the, at least I watched the first season of it. I never, and I kind of lost track of it. So I'm going to have to go back and try, try it out again. So I love you know, Tatiana Maslany. She's freaking awesome. She's wonderful. And we just... Uh, got through the fourth episode of season one, um, in which I believe, uh, let's see, Allison, Sarah, uh, Helena, 
Kasima. Yeah, four out of five, I think. I think there's five main uh, people, clones in uh, Orphan Black. Uh, so I think we've gotten through four of them. And it's just really cool because Brandon has never seen the show. That's how it usually works out is that Brandon has never seen these shows we're watching. Um, and so we live vicariously through his amazement. Um, <laughs> and we just have a great time. Like, it's it's myself and my friend Brandon and my friend Scar, uh, who Scar I've been podcasting with since 2009. So we have this rapport, and Brandon is like my little brother. So it's it just flows, and it's a wonderful time. So if you do get a chance to check it out, um, we do have access to it. It's it's on Amazon Prime. I mean, the Orphan Black itself, not the podcast. But Orphan Black itself is available on Amazon Prime, and uh, you could check out all five seasons there. And then just listen to us tell you what the fuck we thought about it, because we cuss like a motherfucker, but it's <laughs> dope. It's such a fun show to do. Um, and then for storytellers, I have ideas. I, I don't know if I'm going to put them into fruition yet. I've already told y'all about the super episodes um, that I have planned for the future. So I haven't started those up yet. But uh, I have like three stories that are cooking right now. Well, so I definitely want to be, be a part out. of another one. And if I yeah. can, I really want to be the first one. <laughs> okay. I will. I will. You know, I, I have an idea. And we will definitely go with that as well. Because I would love to see not know how how it ended at all i would love that because i want to see how if i could start it off and see if it's going to go in the direction i hope it's going to go kind of thing you know what i mean you know, at least similar let me tell you though it's so heartbreaking when you have the perfect beginning and, and it literally it by like this i wrote one that i thought was just going to be amazing and by the second story second part of the story it was gone like i wrote one recently about um uh, three seventh graders who were also bank robbers mm. and that was the first part of the story and it ended up with them being in a league of legends tournament and they were they were playing video games and i was like how the fuck do we get here with my perfect ass story but that's how it is with yeah. storytellers you know so it also depends on who you pick and what kind of stuff they're interested in and mm -hmm. yeah. yeah and the cool thing about it is it's literally impossible to create a bad story where it's just like you unless you did it on purpose to really go out your way to fuck it up it is hard to make a bad story so even if somebody gets a different interpretation of what you're doing at the beginning it still flows into something beautiful and that's what i really love about storytellers as a whole i'm really proud of that show um my other baby that i never talk about is sin and solace um i know jolene talks about it a lot um on when she tells folks about her uh, favorite podcast. Back in 2010, I wrote a audio drama. Mm -hmm. um, and I wrote it back when the only other audio drama out there was We're Alive. Like, it was me and it was them. Um, and it's an audio drama about an assassin and his best friend. Uh, and they work for a group called The uh, Corporation. And it's... I love it. I loved it so much. And I was so sad. When you were talking about writer's block... Yeah. I, I felt that to the core because I have tried. I have an idea in my mind of how to do the next season of this show. And I always start with like five words and I just freeze. Like my mind will not allow me 
to keep writing this series that I want to write so badly. Like I have the vision in my head and I can see it so clearly that I literally cry when I tell folks about it, but I can't get my mind to write out the script for it. Oh, I agree. Like I'm trying to write, I'm trying to write my first manuscript, my first novel or whatever. And I know where I want it to go. I know the characters and everything, but then um, there's this one catalyst I need that I'm like, it can't be this corny that I'm thinking up. It's this is this corny. I don't like it. I need something better than this because mm -hmm. it, it just can't be this. And I'm over here going, what can it be? And it's like impossible. I'm like, no, I don't want to make it too hokey. I don't want to make it this, you know, and, and I'm just, I'm stuck. And I keep, you know, I'm hoping that because a lot of times I rely on my dreams mm -hmm. to like help me because sometimes I'll, I'll think of something. I created two new characters in a dream, complete with names and everything and backstory just in a dream. And I woke up and I went, <gasps> and I just, I get my phone out and typed up some notes. And I was like, I need to remember these people. And I'm like, okay, they're going into the story. But then I'm like, how do I continue the story? I know where they are, but what do I do now? You know, like, or how do I get it going? You know, at the first mm -hmm. part. So yeah. I totally get it. And it sucks. Do you write anything, Abigail? Oh, yeah. I'm in the process of writing a couple of things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have a nonfiction work that I'm writing on, uh, working on, um, involving inmates. So that's oh. taken some time. Um, and then I am writing a fiction story about um, somebody who can't vote because they are technically a felon. So they decide to run for president instead. Oh, that's dope. Okay. <laughs> that's a loophole for your ass. I'm, I'm here for that. Okay, that I said that fun. out loud. I, I, I shouldn't have been as, as excited as I was. It's okay. <laughs> we'll allow it. It's all right. <laughs> oh, man. Get excited for fiction. Yeah. Well, it made me, yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a completely 100 true, like, legitimate loophole that is being explored. Like, as recently as 2012, there was a guy, Keith Judd, who ran for president in West uh, West Virginia, mm -hmm. and he won 41% of the vote against Barack Obama. Wow. He didn't get any electoral college votes, but he did get 41% of the vote against Barack Obama as an incarcerated person. He was, at, at the time, he was incarcerated. That is he ran dope. for president. So wow. <laughs> that's what we're doing. I'm going to see if I can write a, a story about it. Do I'm it. here I for would, that. That sounds awesome. I, I would like to, see, you know, maybe they'll make it, in, you know, they'll somebody will adapt it and we get to see it on the big screen one day and then you'll get big bucks and then we'll be like, hey, she was on the podcast talking about this. Exactly. <laughs> I would love that. We knew her win. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. Well, I'm gonna end this here, I guess. Thank you guys so much for joining me today and just shooting the shit and just talking and checking in and seeing what's up and how we feel about things. I appreciate that, and I, I really love talking to you guys. And I love talking and doing these types of episodes, just kind of relaxed and chill. And uh, so, if you want to find everybody on social media, where would you be preferred to be found, Abigail? Uh, Twitter at MPWordo Podcast. Okay. Derek? Easiest way to find me is on Ratchet Book Club. Ratchet Book Club. And that is that is it Ratchet Book Club on Twitter? Mm -hmm. Especially? Okay. Yeah. But anywhere, yeah. Okay. And you know you can find me at Dustin underscore Holden on Twitter and Dustin can read on Instagram. And uh, you know, stay tuned, stay cool, and uh we'll see you in March. Thank you guys. Bye. Bye. Peace.